Running a pet business is no walk in the park. I've been there, done that, and sure have the campfire stories to prove it. That's why Pet Boss Nation created Camp Pet Boss, where you can relax at a beautiful lake, refuel your leadership confidence with our in-person activities, and reignite your passion for the pet business of your dreams with your pet industry peers and trusted experts. Camp Pet Boss is a one-of-a-kind business retreat that mixes conference learning sessions and camp-like activities for pet professionals and their dogs. When was the last time that you got away from your business, unplugged from the chaos, and reconnected with your inner entrepreneurial spirit? And I hope that you heard me, that your furry best friend could be there too. Get ready for the most amazing and unique in-person adventure for pet business owners and their dogs, happening this summer in Lake Delton, Wisconsin, August 27th through the 30th of 2024. Tickets will sell out, and one building is already booked solid, So I want you to hit pause on this podcast and visit camppetboss.com right now to make sure that you have a room reserved. Your ticket price includes all food, lodging, and seminars. Need another reason to secure your ticket early? How about a massive discount of savings of $850 off your ticket? That's right. Early bird pricing is happening right now, but not for much longer. And I can't wait to hang out with you at camp this summer and share all those juicy pet boss stories around the campfire. My friend and special guest today, Jen Havens, has traveled through 35 states in a van or RV with her dogs and an old tortoise while remotely operating her pet care business, all in the search of dog fun. Her first pet business adventure was with Two Dogs Pet Services, a professional pet care and dog walking company, which she founded in Monrovia, California. But she recently moved her entire life and three wonderful whippets, Beans, Ryder, and Vinny, to Taos, New Mexico to be closer to her senior mom. Since 2017, she's offered effective and practical in-person dog training and coaching and began offering training sessions virtually in 2020, helping people and their pets all over the world under her training company known as The Real Life Dog. I think it's important to note though that Jen also really focuses on the welfare of each dog, person, and even the whole household that she works with. Practicing effective, positive reinforcement using rewards, fear-free, and humane methods of caring and training. Her favorite ways to meet household and dog needs include enrichment games, fitness, tricks, and creative uses of the environment. She's currently enrolled in Catch Trainers Academy, working towards certification, and has been an active Pet Boss Club member for over four years, and is now one of our Pet Boss All-Stars as well. Today, she's sharing three big lessons that she's learned along her journey in pet care and working with animals that will impact your business too, no matter which niche you're in. Welcome to the Boss Your Business Podcast, the show for the local pet business owner. If you have a physical building, carry inventory, have a team, or dream of having one someday, then this podcast is for you. You'll hear honest conversations from pet pros work in the streets of Main Street, where dog business is big business. I'm your show host, Candice Daniolo, the founder of Pet Boss Nation and a pet business coach. I've started, scaled, and sold three successful pet businesses and now help mentor thousands of pet professionals to see success faster together. 
I'm sharing my favorite business tips with you mixed with the latest secrets of what's working now, especially in this challenging world. So if you're a pet supply store, grooming salon, dog daycare, boarding facility, pet sitter, dog trainer, or really anyone covered in fur, let's get started. All right, Jen Havens, welcome to the Boss Your Business podcast. How are you doing today? Thank you, Candace. I'm good. Thank you. Uh, it's been such a pleasure for me to see your transformation in your journey as a Pet Boss Club member of the last four years, going from pet sitter and traveling to now dog trainer. And one of my questions for you is the name of your dog training company, The Real Life Dog. Why did you pick those words? Where did that come from? Oh gosh, I actually started thinking about becoming a professional dog trainer, not just like hobby training my own dogs, that kind of thing before COVID started. So I guess that would have been like 2017, 18, that, that time and didn't really want to separate it from two dogs, pet services. And then once 2020 came, I'm like, you know what? I do need to separate this because we can't have all of our eggs in one basket anymore. Mm -hmm. And during that whole, like, even before COVID, I, I noticed that all the videos that I was seeing online with dogs being trained and, and showcased, they were really fast moving and powerful and polished. And there were no people like me, you know, I'm just like a real human being and my dogs aren't that polished. They sure can be, but they're not. And so I thought, well, this is real life. My dogs are real. I'm real. So let's do something with that. And then the real life dog sprouted. I love, I love it actually. I mean, you're so right. I see that too. Like the TikToks and the reels and you're catching up and you're like, gosh, these people have been doing this a long time. Like it just, they're so far ahead in their journey. You know, it kind of makes us feel like, gosh, well, how do I even get started in that? And it just doesn't feel realistic to the, to the, the average pet parent, which is really who needs the help. Yeah. And they're they're my audience. I mean, I'm my audience, right? So perfect name, you know, your business coach thinks that's the perfect branding name for you, (laughs) the real life dog. So I love it. Awesome. Thank you. At Two Dogs Pet Services, you used to watch a lot of different kinds of pets and animals. I was always surprised by this number. Do you recall that number and the variety of species you would take care of? Yeah. Over the last 30 plus years, I've taken care of animals like sugar gliders and stick bugs and hedgehogs and little tiny shrimp in tanks and lobsters and goats and chickens and all sorts of stuff. And Steve, one of our main team members, he's actually taking care of monkeys and, you know, yeah. So we've done a lot. (laughs) And do you think that's because of the area in Monrovia, California, where you were, or is it just because you became known for all these like interesting species? Well, people love weird pets, right? Like myself included, tortoises and snakes and little bugs and stuff like that. I mean, people are fascinated by those kinds of animals. And so it's kind of natural to flock to what you're interested in. And yeah, I mean, it's very wildlife heavy Mm -hmm. (laughs) in Monroe. And even in Taos, you know, we get their bears around here too. So, I mean, there's all sorts of craziness. I mean, scorpions and all that here too. I haven't really seen any, but 
Yeah, it could be the area, yeah. but it also, I think, is, you know, we always put so much emphasis on dogs because they consume, I always say they consume and destroy on a level like no other animal. So it's a highly profitable business to be in compared to, you know, say cats. But there are so many other animals out there that pet care providers or even trainers and behaviorists and or animal communicators can be part of the lives of, of all these other pets that maybe aren't getting as much attention because we put so much focus on dogs. So... The area I want to focus on with you are some key points and lessons you've learned in your journey. You've had a long career in the pet industry. You're doing a variety of different things from the in-home pet care to dog walking, dog training, some pop-up experiences, a physical space with the classes, and now you're doing online and coaching stuff. So you've had a, a real extensive career. And I feel like there's got to have been some lessons along the way. And I think one of yeah. them... One of them that stands out for me is just your team and your team culture over the years. Can you talk more about that? Yeah. So when I first joined Pet Boss Club, we really didn't have a written culture or a spoken culture. It was kind of an unspoken, just even at 19, when I first started taking care of animals in the neighborhood, I just realized that there are a lot of pet care, pet sitters and dog walkers who they would just come in, drop food, or come in, grab the dog, walk them, drop them back home, not check on anything, not make sure they're okay, you know, check stress levels and water and all that stuff. And then they would leave after 15, 20 minutes and they would charge $10. Well, that's why, you know? And so I early on decided that wasn't who I wanted to be as a pet care professional. Even I was still doing it as a hobby for maybe the first five to 10 years. Mm -hmm. I wanted to do, do it differently. And I wanted to stand out and I wanted to work with people actually more than animals. I know that sounds backwards for a pet sitter and dog walker and dog trainer, but it just sort of resonated with me, even as a small child to a young child, I always believed in kindness and compassion with our animals and, you know, like rescuing the little lizards on the side of the road and that kind of thing. So it just kind of carried over into my adult life. Um, that never went away. And anybody I've brought onto the team over the years, if they don't believe that kind of stuff, then they really don't get to work with us. Mm -hmm. The culture sort of evolved into, you know, everything is with, with welfare in mind, compassion, kindness for the people and the pets. It's not just about spending time with puppies, right? Which people mm -hmm. often think it's about let's nurture the household. Let's look at the whole household. How can we make this animal and this person's lives better? Yeah. And I think from the team perspective, when you handle your business in that way, you become even more respected and true authorities in the professional pet care space. I agree. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Any other lessons around team that you feel like that maybe where you're like, hmm, that was, a, that was a, quite the challenge. And here's how we either overcame it or maybe, you know, are going to just do it differently next time. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, nothing about the pet care industry has been easy for me. <laughs> and I kind of feel like I've paved the way for others to go against the, you know, the drop food and go grain. 
And that's a whole different culture. The drop food and go is like the online database culture that was created by online databases. <laughs> um, I, I'll, I'll just say it. So you're talking like, you're talking like the rovers and the wags, that's the drop and go. Yeah. yeah. yeah I wasn't going to say the yeah, names. That's you know. okay. I'll say um, it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, it was their culture that they created, you know, years ago. And we've been dealing with that since they started sticking to our culture that we created as I was growing up into life and, and, you know, teaching our team, like, this is how we act. This is how we behave with clients. This is how we take care of pets. If you can't do that or don't want to do that or not interested in learning more about how to do that and why we do it this way, then, you know, pound sand kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, I hate to be so, you know, blunt about it, but, um, you know, choosing the people who, work with us was really, really important for us along the years. And I've made some bad choices hmm. and I've made some big mistakes on people, but because of pet boss, right. And you and, and all the sessions about what is your saying? Higher, higher, well, slow, fire, fast. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It can be higher. Typically it is higher, slow, fire, fast. Lately in this market, sometimes people are finding their jobs, finding yeah. jobs so fast. It's kind of now higher, higher, fast and, fi and fire, fast. <laughs> but higher, faster, yeah, Wait, higher, fast, fire, faster. Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. But, but yeah. the truth, but especially yeah. in pet care though, especially in pet care, you do have to be very careful because you're going into people's homes and you're taking care of pets. It is a very different, different beast. And so, um, you do really want to make sure you're finding the right employees and team members. Yeah. I mean, people trust us with their families, with their homes, with their emotions sometimes, mm -hmm. um, and their pets, you know, every pet gets older. It's the worst part of having pets is that they pass away before we do most of the time and mm -hmm. helping people through that process too. It's people trust us. People trust us with their whole world. And, and that is sometimes not really understood, you know, pet sitting and dog walking is kind of, it's an easy thing to get into, but it's a really difficult thing to sustain and to keep that trust over 30 years. I mean, yeah. I have to put myself on the back because that's huge for me. You know, trust is a really big deal. I don't leave my dogs with anybody. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't have anybody like me here. You know? Yeah. Yeah. You need to clone yourself. It's hard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, going back to the lesson conversation, you know, I'm pretty sure I've done everything wrong or backwards, right? Like, <laughs> and the lessons, I feel like they were hard lessons until I found you and Pet Boss Club. And at least now I have the resources to do the things right the first time. I think I, I just was just, just to go off. We all, we all uh, always are learning lessons. We're always going to make the wrong decision and, and we're lucky if we get it right. Right. And if we're actually are, if it goes in our favor and I appreciate you saying that, that we do have resources available to help support, but it's again, it's like ever, there's so many outside factors that can go into it. We, even if we think about dog training, right, we go back and say, well, what environment am I in? Or this person has a different life experience than this other person, or I might be feeling different that day than I was when I interviewed, you know, this other candidate versus this candidate or 
I mean, gosh, everything from like, you know, mannerisms, different pe- people, like we'll hear that, oh, so-and-so just talks too much. How do I get this person to stop talking so much? I was like, well, that could be a great quality if you want them on the sales floor, you know, but yes, it's distracting if they're trying to unpack inventory and they're distracting your team members. So anyway, there are just so many factors that go into all of the things that we do in business in general that we're on this con- in this constant, I feel like I'm a hamster wheel of having to make decisions as business owners. And it can be hard to, um, one, make a decision, uh, but then to feel like you're going to make the right one and, or have a fear of making the wrong one. But I think one of the most important things is just to just make a decision and then you can make the decision right if it's not right. And all of that, we learn lessons. We learn lessons every single time. And then hopefully we make better decisions and learn from the past (laughs) so that the lesson isn't as painful, isn't as painful, but And I have my, I always say that I had a business coach who'd always say new level, new devil. So even though you feel like you've conquered something, then you start to grow to the next thing or try something new. And now it's like, wow, what happened? (laughs) It's hard again. Why is it hard again? (laughs) Right, right. Like we think, you know, things are, things should be linear and just be just going up all the time or, you know, either down or up either way, just make a decision. Right. But no, I mean, life and even dog training, None of it is like that. It's just kind of like, you know, you can make it like this or you can make it, you know, like <laughs> crazy. Yeah, like a, so rock climbing. And, and I think like when we make decisions about our businesses and about pets we are involved in or cared for, care for or train or work with, um, being picky about what's important to, to me and what's important to our clients or potential clients, I think that actually helps me make decisions is is looking at what an individual decisions too, you know, looking at what they actually need. I could have, I could have been a millionaire by now, you know, had I just done the cookie cutter pet sitter dog walker thing. I chose not to do that. You know, yeah. Is it a struggle? Sure. But because I am looking at the individual client, the individual pet, each little stick bug, each little shrimp in the tank, you know, that helps me formulate who our company is, who I am, who our team is, and who stays, you know, and and how we do things and why. Mm -hmm. It's quality of care, which I think it's down to this. uh, Well, it's not, it's not even, I don't even think the pet parents realize it, right? Because they may not understand what their dog needs or their pet, pet needs. And because of your experience and the quality of care you're going to provide, you can help them understand that you and your team are there to help them without judgment and whatever their household needs. I think that when people call and are looking for a pet, a pet sitter or a dog walker or a dog trainer, they really have an idea of what they want, but they may not have ever hired anybody like us before or like me before. And so they don't really know what to ask. It's kind of like taking your dog to the vet. You walk in, you think you have this problem, you know, diagnosed from, you know, the internet or Google or your own head or past experience, but it could be completely opposite of what we think based on that vet's education and experience, right? And how the dog presents or cat presents, animal presents. So it's the same thing with pet care in general, you know, like just going from husbandry to behavior to schedule and then what going through all of that kind of formulates like an outline of what that specific pet needs. And you could have 10 different animals on the property or in the home, 
and they all have different needs and different schedules. And the owners or the guardians, I prefer to say, or pet parents, they don't really break it down like that in mm. real, real life, like day to day, they just go through and they do what they need to do to take care of their pets, right? And to enjoy them. For us, it is a very serious job and we have their lives in our hands. So put everything in writing or it doesn't exist. You know, you can tell me at the meet and greet 5,000 things. I will remember three exactly <laughs> because that's how my brain works. So we have the forms and, and all the things, you know, so that people can, can fill everything out. And we ask very specific questions. And if you compare our intake forms and our processing forms and policies and procedures to other pet care operators and dog walkers, there really isn't a comparison. We ask the questions like, what brand of food do you feed? How much? How many times a day? Where's the extra? What kind of treats can they have? Are they allergic to anything? I mean, the, it really goes on and on and on. We don't offer a lot of choices in our forms. We just say, this is what we need to know. If you don't write it down here, it doesn't exist, right? And it's all over our website and our forms on our forms page. If we don't get it in writing, it doesn't exist. And so we offer many opportunities for people to tell us every little thing about their pets, behaviors, where they like to sleep, what they like to do, noises they might be afraid of or like, <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. So anyway, yeah, put everything in writing or it just doesn't exist, you know? Yeah. yeah. So do you, when you're doing this intake, do you feel like, well, one, I, I agree that, that most people aren't even realizing all of the things that their pet care provider should know about the household or the pets and all the individual intricacies about the pet. But as you're asking these questions, sometimes do you feel like people are afraid to share or ashamed to share or are nervous ever to share about what's really going on? And so you kind of have to be a little investigative to try to support the family. Like, I feel like your dog trainer part is probably coming through too sometimes in those conversations. Does that ever happen? Yeah, a little bit. And, and it's, I think it's not really like a fear of sharing or fear of like giving us too much or overwhelming information or, or why do we need to, I think it's more like, well, why do we need to know all that? Mm -hmm. You know, we're just going to walk the dog or we're just going to stop over for a weekend or we're just going to sleep, you know, mm -hmm. but it's so creating that conversation at the initial phone call after they request service or even before they request request service and they just want to learn more about who we are and who I am and how we run things. And if we're the right fit for them, it's, it's me creating that conversation where there has to be a very deep understanding from the potential client or the client who's requesting service, or we just don't take them. Honestly, like it's not worth having a pet not receive something because their guardian didn't feel like filling out the forms. Mm -hmm. Right. So creating that deeper understanding of why we need to. I'm a big believer in the whys, by the way, <laughs> why, you know? So yeah. we try to answer all those questions as much as possible. I love that answer the whys. Okay. So lesson number one is to hire the right people to create the, the best company culture you can, can, not just within your team, but also having a culture with your clients at a high level and that the team that can execute that culture for you. Then we're lesson number two is digging into the questions with the client and the intake and really understanding their needs 
and being compassionate to their needs and helping them really understand why they should work with a pet sitter who cares so compassionately about caring for their whole household. And then the third lesson is that if it's not documented, you can't execute that vision, right? (laughs) So it does have to get documented somewhere. And I think it goes full circle back to the team. So how do you communicate then to the team to make sure that that team member who's going to be doing the pet care providing is getting all of the details? Well, we always have a background process, right? Where clients can't access it. The general public can't access all of our communications. And and so communication, I think, is a really big deal. Basically, all the forms, everything comes to me, and then I take it offline, and then I send it to the the caretakers or the walkers who are actually doing the actual assignments and going on the meet and greet. So we always send two people. So we have a small group. It's me, the two sitters, and then whoever wants to be involved in the communication on the client side could be one, four, however many clients want to be involved. Then we're all on the same page. We all communicate. So if there's ever any questions about something at the home, once the sitters get there, then they can just shoot a message to the whole group and everybody gets the same information. So I think that that clear communication and having me be the center of it, which is, I mean, I've been doing this for 32 years now, being the center of all the communication. So it's like nothing for me. It's not even a, it's like not even a job part of my job, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know? easy and it's fun. I love talking and and texting and messaging clients. So yeah. So I love it. We've covered a lot about, well, the pet care industry, even though all of those lessons can, can relate to all of our businesses, no matter the niche, but I really want to dive now into the dog training side of it. And this whole idea of nurturing the relationship with people's dogs, you've compared it to like raising kids and uh, some of the behaviors that might be happening, but I'd really love to hear you expand more on this whole, the whole household and and this this relationship that we have, um, not just with the pets, with each other and each other as a group with the pets. Let's dive into that. Well, COVID changed me forever. Right. And, and within one week, everything I knew or thought I knew or wanted or thought I wanted, like it all just kind of went right in the toilet. Right. People started changing, their demeanor started changing, I started changing, nobody really knew anything. So I kind of just rolled with it. And because you, in your dealings and and helping all of the pet bosses who were in your group, and I mean, all of us were just like floundering, right? And you jumped in and you said, no, 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 no. You don't get to do that. You get to continue to build community in whatever way, shape, or form you're able to right now. And so I started thinking about that. So when you first came on, you know, you were saying, just go and do what you can do and what you need to do for yourself and for the people in your community and keep your, keep your name, keep your business top of mind. And so that challenged me, well, what, what can I do? I couldn't do a whole lot because of how difficult everything was to get and, and to do, and how do I present myself? And, and I wasn't feeling good. I've got sick, you know, I did everything on Facebook live, like you recommended and people tuned in to all sorts of stuff that I was doing. I don't really need to list everything, but I mean, up to the point where I was selling sidewalk chalk buckets, you know, and, and creating murals on the sidewalks and posing pictures with my dogs on the local Facebook groups, you know, so keeping that community going it kind of turned me into a more compassionate 
less judgmental. I mean, I'm, I'm judgy. I'm the first to admit, <laughs> and I always have been, and probably always will be probably hardest on myself, but I'm pretty judgy. Compassion has always been something that I'm aware of, but didn't have a lot of it when it came to people. Mm -hmm. I went through a period where I didn't like people very well, very much at all to the point where I used to say, I hate people. Mm -hmm. COVID changed that actually for me, it turned it around. I'm like, gosh, people are so cool. They're so wonderful. And look at all the things that we're going through. And my core group of friends, we were very kind to each other. So after all that, we decided to open the training center and I got to work with dogs and their people one-on-one, -on -one, which I hadn't previously been able to do because we were shut down. And I only did like public puppy play groups and very basic training and, and puppy socialization. So it was not that one-on-one -on -one where I was put to the task of actually working with people face-to-face -face and helping them solve their problems that they were having or their challenges with behaviors that they were having. And I dove into school, you know, and started meeting some people online through, because of COVID, we were able to do a bunch of stuff online that we hadn't previously had access to. People started dropping walls and talking. Clubhouse came about. I met all these awesome trainers and the the whole reason I bring all that up is that at the core of 2020 through present and continuing on, hopefully, it's relationships, communication, and compassion without judgment, without force, coercion, you know, that kind of thing. And, mm -hmm. and people and dogs and kids, our relationships are all we have, mm -hmm. like, right? It's about like, you know, you're, you're having a baby soon. Like your relationship with that baby is everything. There's nothing else more important, right? That's right. how I, that's how I handle dog training. That's how I live my life. It gets me a little verklempt. I have to admit. Yeah, exactly. And having compassion and learning how to be a better communicator. I and mean, it really does, does translate into our relationships with our dogs because we might be seeing them do something that we don't like, and we might punish them or get irritated because of what we're seeing, but that might not really be the reality. Yeah. You know, um, one there, I have a, one of my mentors who she doesn't even know she's a mentor really, but, um, a friend and a mentor dog trainer, Kat Kaplan, she, she taught me early on in, in dogs and dog training health affects our dog's behavior in a very big way. Even a splinter in a toenail, you know, or, you know, some sort of a, a limp or a gimp or just not feeling quite right. Parasites, fleas, like all those things can affect our dog's behavior. And so when we're looking at, well, why is my dog scratching during a session? That is a symptom to the underlying cause. What's the cause? What are the whys, right? Mm -hmm. So I always go back to what are the whys? Why is a dog scratching? Well, scratching is also a sign of stress. It can be. It could be a, a ill-fitting harness or a collar that's too tight or too loose or too rough. It could be, you know, fleas, ticks, whatever, you know, parasites or whatever, something health-wise going on, a skin irritation. So we look at the whys first, and that sometimes will help us figure out what to do about it right? Mm -hmm. So if your dog has, please, what are you going to do? You're not going to ignore that. You're going to take the dog to the vet, or you're going to get a, you know, 
complete treatment or whatever you're going to do, you're going to treat those symptoms and look at each behavior symptomatically and looking at each behavior symptomatically in dog training helps us figure out what to do about them, right? Like scratching, that's easy. First, you look at the health of the dog, the skin of the dog. And then next you look, is the dog stressed? Are there other signals? Is there a body language that's leading me to believe that that scratching is stress? Mm-hmm. You know, I had a little dog who would scratch every time she would come into the training center, but she'd leave and she'd be fine. Mm-hmm. You know, was it the harness? No, she was stressed. And some of the other signs could be lip licking, yawning, um, you know, avoiding the the work, that kind of thing. So looking at all those symptoms put together equals stress. And so looking at the symptoms of what our dogs are presenting could be medical, could be physical, could be behavior, could be communication. A lot mm-hmm. of it's communication. Yeah. Interesting. So now you do a lot with your own dogs with Beans Rider and Minnie. You tell us about some of the activities you're involved in with them. Um, well, I haven't really done a whole lot since moving because there's not a lot here for dogs, but I think maybe that's part of why I'm stay, staying around because I want to create more of that here. So Beans, she's 11 and she was born deaf and I got her very young and she was the first ever surfing with it in the world. My first adventure with surfing a dog and I hated the ocean. So yeah, she she's amazing. She's definitely retired now. <laughs> she's also my retired service dog. She did therapy dog work for a long time, loves libraries and kids. So she'll still visit them once in a while. Yeah, so that's with her. <laughs> and then Ryder, you know, he sweetest dog on the planet. He's actually standing right here right now. He's honestly the sweetest boy and he's retired show dog. He didn't do much in the ring, but he sure loved it. And he started lure coursing. He's a champion lure courser. Yeah. He's actually got a bad heart, so we can't really do a whole lot anymore, but you know, he plays, he romps. Um, and then Vinny who, oh my gosh, he just, he's the most amazing dog. (laughs) We love working on new things together. He seeks me out to do stuff and train. He was in my face earlier because he wants to do something and work and He's great with AKC rally and obedience, you know, hopefully we'll get to do more of that in the future. And, you know, we love hiking and walking together, mostly in the snow. He likes biting me and I'm okay with it. I actually kind of <laughs> like it. <It's> very soft. <laughs> so that's a little bit, of and we all love to travel together. I yeah. mean, honestly, <laughs> that's so fun. That's so fun. Well, you know, you are a Pet Boss Club member and a Pet Boss All-Star helping lead our members and answer questions while I'm out on my maternity leave, which is right now when this episode will be airing. I would love for you to share, I mean, you've talked a lot about, you know, some things that have helped you over the years as a Pet Boss Club member, but could you share more about why you really love it and why others should consider joining us in the Pet Boss Club? Yeah. So gosh, I found Pet Boss, you specifically, during some wild Christmas idea event online that you were having on Facebook. And you personally lit my business fire like nobody else ever has. (laughs) And I mean, I had to try it, right? Like it was, there was no risk to me. 30 day, what is it? A 30 day guarantee, like money back guarantee. If you hate it, take off and you'll get your money back and we're all good. Right. So I tried it. And in that first, even in just the first few minutes, I met other pet boss members and 
got so many ideas and so much encouragement, just like right off the bat. And that was years ago. And I just can't leave because you keep growing and bringing more valuable information to us. And that is huge. Like I'm all, I'm a huge fan of continuing education, whether or not it's about business, dogs, cats, pets, and general life, you know, soaking up the information is really important to me. And you do that and you share it. So information sharing like is kind of rare. (laughs) So the fact that you do it and you're invested in all of us is really important to me. Um, You know, when I joined, there were only a few other pet sitters, maybe even just one in the club who was active. So the ideas were geared more toward what you knew and what you had experienced, right? Daycare, boarding, retail, Mm -hmm. I think is what you were, (laughs) you had done. So the ideas were geared more towards that kind of thing, but you expanded your knowledge base so much that any pet related business could, you know, over the years, especially I've seen you grow too. Like you mentioned how much I've grown, but my gosh, you have too. And, and the club has really grown um, with you because of you and any pet related business can easily just slip right into the club and get so much information right away if they want it, Mm -hmm. or they can kind of test the waters, put their one toe in, you know, and, and just go at their own pace. And that's what I really like about it. And I am very much go at my own pace. And some, there's some months where I don't even show up at all because that's what I need at that time. And pet boss club is just always there. So there's so much support in the group, even if I don't have lots of time or go to all the trainings or visit very much, I know it's there and I know you're there anytime or my team needs anything. And there's always a replay and a search bar. That's exactly, <laughs> exactly. No, you're right. I'm glad you touched on that because I do think people are like, like we just had somebody actually send us an email and they were like, we paid for January, but we didn't get, we didn't have time to like access any of it. Can we get, can we look back at all the stuff? And I'm like, well, one, yes, everything's still already in there. You know, you didn't lose anything really, but it's not about feeling like you've got to have to consume all this stuff. Like you said, it's like, you take time off. We become like partners in your business invested with you. And so like, we're, if you need to, if your business gets busy and you're not available or you don't have the time because you're doing something else, that's fine. But you know that we have your back when the, the bleep hits the fan, <laughs> you know, and you want to, you need to come and either vent or you need a place to get some support or you have one question. And because that's the thing is like the monthly, the monthly fee might seem high in some situations with people, but really like the cost of maybe getting the right advice to fix something and the cost that could happen if you didn't do it the right way, it would be way more than that investment of that club. But that's just like in, getting one question answered, you know, in the community. So Oh yeah. I've spent all the money before. <laughs> so right. I know it's very right. costly. It's pretty costly. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, so. we're so glad to have you as a Pet Boss Club member and an all-star as well. It's been fantastic to have you on the podcast today. I'd love to wrap up our session here with one last question because I love to ask all my guests this. And it's what does bossing your business mean to you? Oh my goodness. That's a really big question. So the word boss, right. That always makes me go a little sideways. I know. Yeah. Because I'm I'm wearing, when I'm wearing my dog trainer's hat, I never want to be the boss. Right. Right. Uh, But in the terms of being a pet boss, which is what we're discussing today and being the boss of these businesses, you know, now I have two. And when you met me, I had one. So it's different being my own boss, being, you know, boss and other people. Um, I'm actually not a typical boss at all. 
um, and, and I know I'm being difficult, but hear me. <laughs> For me, bossing, bossing my business means <laughs> that I'm listening to our clients. You know, all the things we've discussed here today, I'm listening to my clients, our clients, our team, our two communities now that I'm involved with, mostly observing and providing what they are all saying they want or need in a way that hopefully, hopefully makes us a little bit of money, you know, mm -hmm. right? Like that's the goal. But more importantly, keeps them coming back to me, to us, you know, <laughs> so that we build trust, you know, and relationships and, and a kind of a, a welfare for everyone, mm -hmm. which, which is kind of the whole theme of our chat today is, is I'm looking at not just welfare for the dog, but for the household, for society as well. Right. So it means building that, you know, focusing on the relationships and a welfare for everyone focused community of pet pros, right? Mm -hmm. Like that's what I want us to be known for. And if I can do a little of that every day, I'm on the clock or out in the community, I'd say that's Boston. Yeah. Even though there are times where I'm leading or teaching, you know, my team and others or whatever, the community, uh, most of my time is spent listening and asking questions. I wish my past bosses did that a little bit more, you know? And so that's what I try to do. That's, mm -hmm. that's my goal today is to listen more. Wonderful. Well, Jen, thank you so much for being here today on the Boss Your Business podcast. And I look forward to a long continued relationship with you in the Pet Boss Club. <laughs> thank you, Candice. It's been fun. Did you know that we also have a weekly emailed newsletter and a blog, all full of amazing business building tools for you, completely free resources. And that's how you stay in the know with everything that we have happening at Pet Boss Nation. Now, the best way to get on our email list if you're not currently is to visit petboss.com, scroll to the bottom of the site and jump on our newsletter right there because this podcast is just one of the many ways that we provide free tips and resources to pet professionals all over the globe. All right, visit petboss.com to jump on our email newsletter list and you'll find out about newest blog posts, newest podcast episodes, as well as any free webinars or trade shows or appearances that we might be going to. All right, let's stay connected every single week, not just through the podcast, but through your email too. Visit petboss.com.